What's up, everybody? This is Elliot Terrell, and you're listening to Magical Thinking. My guest for this episode is Derek Delgadio. Derek just completed his record-breaking run of the off-Broadway phenomenon in and of itself. I had the truly incredible privilege of witnessing the final performance, and I was struck by how genuine and authentic and present Derek was, even after 500 shows. I can't even begin to describe how meaningful the experience was for me, and I can easily say that in and of itself is my favorite magical artwork and the greatest theatrical experience of my life. I'm honored to be able to share this conversation with you. In the episode, Derek shares his experience of the current state of magic, his feelings on leaving room for the audience to take ownership over the performance, general guidelines for ethically making magic and building a show, and the objectivity of art. Derek was incredibly generous with his opinions, and I know you'll get a lot out of our conversation. I'm certainly thinking differently about my own magic. If you haven't already, follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching Magical Thinking Podcast. If you want to learn magic or pick up a copy of Derek's book, A Secret Has Two Faces, which explores the collaborative work of Derek Delgadio and Glenn Kaino, head over to artofmagic.com. Art of Magic is the premier destination for learning the fundamentals of sleight of hand technique, as well as some of the most advanced magical applications of dexterity in the world. While you're at it, you'll probably need a deck of cards, so head over to artofplay.com to get what you need. Art of Play also provides a curated collection of games, puzzles, and other amusements which offer epiphanies for the curious mind. Anyway, get into the episode, and if you have any magic-related questions or comments on the show, let me know what you think by emailing podcast at artofmagic.com. Or you can send me a personal email about style and fashion, magic, or my trip to New York at me at elliottarrell.com. There are three T's there in the center. This is Derek Delgadio. It was such a pleasure, such an honor to be able to have this conversation so soon after the close of his show, and I can't wait for you to hear it. Enjoy. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. How's New York? It's good. It's I good. like it, yeah. Yeah, and it's good. Good deal. I haven't seen much of it. <laughs> From what I hear, it's nice. Sounds like you've been busy. I've been a little busy. I know that you have limited time, and I appreciate very much mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah, sure. So it might feel a little weird at first, but if we could just jump right in, are you comfortable with yeah, that? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know why it'd be weird, but sure, go ahead. Well, it's because it's not generally a um, like a question and answer sort of thing, but oh, okay. how do you see the current state of magic? Oh, I haven't looked up uh, recently. Um, but uh, what do you, what do you mean by that? What do you, what do you mean by that question? I mean, you are, in my opinion, at the forefront of an art, which is antiquated. Yeah. You're the modern fine artist in an art where there hasn't been one in a while. That's depressing, but all right. (laughs) All right. And I'm just curious about what your view on it is and what your experience of doing something like this is. Um, it's tough. Um, there are there are people out there doing really um, amazing things uh, in terms of you know creating great magic and creating great moments um, and people with great ideas and amazing performers. Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, def- I mean, if to have a conversation like you need to define what 
what magic is, you know, and that's subjective for everyone. It's like saying what love is, you know, um, because the word is co-opted and used by so many, you know, Pepsi's magic, you know, Mm -hmm. Disney's magic. Yeah. Piece of plastic that you cover a coin and a smaller coin appears as magic. You know, it's hard to have a conversation when you don't define what that is. So, like, for me, first of all, it's experiential. Uh, so, at the very least, it involves, like, other human beings. So, so for me, off the bat, uh, if you look at things like people performing, you know, magic for their computer screen and then posting it online, that, that has already, it has already left the realm of the definition of what magic is for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing doing a trick for a camera with no other humans present in that moment um, has left the realm of what I consider my practice because what you're actually doing is not being experienced by other humans. A, a representation of what you've done is being transmitted to other humans and they'll experience what that is, but that's not, that's not what you're doing. It's like sending someone a photograph and that can be a form of entertainment, but I don't think that is magic that is presenting you know, a captured experience of magic, which is yep. what David Blaine did so well, you know, what he figured out so long ago. So mm-hmm. you are not having that visceral feeling for yourself. You're watching other people have that visceral feeling, which is fine, but it just, I'm just saying, which it's such a broad question. I'm trying to narrow it down so that it, so that at least I can answer it in my own head. Um, yeah. So, so then you get into like where we're at with magic of like, I th- it seems to me that most, most of the goals of the younger generation is, is to be, um, not necessarily on TV, not necessarily on like Instagram famous, but to have a broad audience. Like everyone wants to have, you know, to have people like what they do. Um, and the easiest way to have a broad audience is to be on a platform with the, you know, the largest possible audience. And that usually isn't, you know, a close-up room or, you know, a small show for people or even a, a theater show. It's to, it's to post something and put it on YouTube and have a million people see it. Yeah. You know, a million people is more than 150 people. Um, and with uh, that many viewers, that many people seeing what you're doing, uh, you know, then, you know, the more commercial opportunities there might be, the more money you might make. Um, but none of that has to do with magic for me. Like none of that has to do with, again, the experience and the creation of, of a moment that could be defined as magic. Uh, but how do you feel about that? So, which part about the about about like the the like the current like the current state is it? Yeah. Saying? Like, how do I feel about it? Well, I try not to because it gets it gets it's too upsetting. Above, uh, you know, it, it, it's infuriating. Is the answer? It's absolutely infuriating. Um, uh, because like you don't want to say why bother because that's that's but like I just. Just did the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I was confronted with after stepping, you know, stepping off stage and trying to relax was, um, was a magic show on television that used stooges. It used heavy editing. It used uh, flat out just lies. It was just lying, lying, lying to the public the way that, that, that our, you know, that our current government is lying to the public. And, um, I didn't, I, I used to, I used to feel strongly about it artistically. I feel like it's lazy. I feel like it's, um, it's cheating. You know, there's, there's a healthy way to, uh, to, to do magic on television. There's a, there's a, there's a way to do it that that's, um, I think fair to everyone else. I think to the meritocracy of magic, I think it's fair. 
Um, you know, Chris Angel obviously violated like all of those principles long ago. Dynamo has violated all of those principles. I'm sure from time to time, um, Blaine has, but he's always tries to walk the, the good path, you know? Um, uh, but like, I'm, I'm actually even more forgiving if someone cheats and, uh, and, and, and says nothing. But the, the moment that you, you make a claim that is, that is contrary to what the truth is of like, we don't, you know, all the reactions in this show are 100% real. There's no camera tricks. There's no, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't care if you're even leaving out the sentence of what you actually did. You, mm-hmm. what you, that's just semantics. You're, you're at, what you're, you're doing is you're, you're planting the seeds of what, um, you want the message to be, and you're just omitting the one thing that you could be like, like a gotcha, and it's a ir- it's irrelevant, and, and, you know. And then if you were to come back at them with it, they just, you, you know, it's gaslighting at that point. If they're like, I didn't say that. That's not what I said. It's like, you know what you're doing. You yeah. know, you made a TV show. Doing magic on television is really hard, so you cheated. You cheated, and you cheated, and it and it fucks over everyone else who has to do this for real people every day. Everyone else is really trying to present something that matters and to do, you know, a moment of magic for someone in the real world, um, you're, you're shitting on that and you're doing you because you, you want to be famous because you want to, you want to be on TV. You're directly you know? influencing their perception of what is possible in a medium that is not yeah real. Yeah. yeah. But you are, you are, you're setting the expectation. It's the equivalent of me. You're in the industry of people who put uh, women on magazine covers and, Photoshop their thighs to look thinner and make them look taller and, and, you know, make their, you know, the bags under their eyes a little, you know, exactly, yeah. you're, you're in that world now. You, you are, you are in the world of, of, of making people feel less than and, and to, to presenting a world that, that does not exist and cannot exist, uh, for your own, uh, for your own selfish reasons. And, and it is in these times you're either, I feel like you're either a part of the solution or you're part of the problem. And 10 years ago, if you were to go on TV and you were to, you know, use special effects and editing and stooges and whatever you want, and then say that you don't, okay, whatever. But like times have changed. And I feel like that you are, you are now, you, you are, you know, that's a, that's a pro Trump magician right yeah. there. That if you're, if you're, you're, you're saying that to us, you're, you're, you're presenting magic in a way on television and saying that this is exactly what it was like to be there you know, you might as you might as well be, you know, putting on the red cap because you're 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 just lying to us, you know? And in these times like we need more honesty and there's a way to do that that's elegant. You know, I've I worked on only a few T V shows. I'm not I'm not really that uh I, I just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um but like the rule that's pretty simple to abide by if you're gonna make a TV show is is the story that the person who is there the same as the story that the home viewer gets. So if, you know, if you, you, Carbonero is very good at this. Carbonero would absolutely admit to using editing to cut out time. Mm-hmm. Like there's a time where he's like having a conversation with a spectator and talking about the weather and cuts all that chunk out, you know, but if you were to ask, um, you know, and it may even be methodologically, there's time, uh, you know, or things cut out that, that like, you know, uh, uh, is necessary to yeah. achieve the effect. Um, the memory of the person in the store is going to be the same as the yeah. visual experience the person. Involved. Exactly. So, yeah. so if you were to say what happens, like I don't know, I bought a carton of eggs and he broke it open and there was a chicken in there. Yeah. That is the story that they will tell. 
not, I don't know, I bought a carton of eggs and then he asked me to like stand by and like they, they gave me a different carton of eggs. It wasn't the ones I bought, but then like he like showed me an egg and like that, that's yeah. not the same story as what we got at home. And it's, it's, that's a pretty fair, there's no, you know, we have no way of, 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 of policing this except for each other. And like, it's just unfair to the people who are genuinely out there trying to make a difference. I, I, I feel like it's just wrong. And uh, not only is it wrong for the person who does it, it's wrong for every person who supports that person. It's wrong for anyone who invites those people to conventions and puts them on a stage and puts them on a cover of a magazine. And we are to blame if that sort of stuff is encouraged because all it does is it encourages the next generation and the next generation after that. And, you know, it's better to, you know, root for all of us and hope that we all have a chance at succeeding as opposed to being like the one guy who can succeed and fuck over everyone else in the process. Yeah. And that's just, it's, you know, so that's very disheartening. That's a very disheartening, um, uh, thing to see. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's hard. Uh, I see like, you know, in, uh, and I've seen that on Instagram too, like where I've seen kids like, and I'm sure the, uh, they're probably famous, you know, they have millions of followers and stuff, but like, you know, they're, they're, they're clearly doing stuff that like the spectators are aware of the mm -hmm. methods. Yeah. They're a hundred percent aware of the methods and they should, they have a reaction and they're being coached into the reactions, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's, it's a, it's effective in a sense that it's like a little piece of candy in that moment, but like it just, you're diminishing what we do, you know, mm -hmm. in, in the real world and for themselves too, because they can't live up to their own expectations, their own hype. You know, they can't do what they've done on TV live. Yeah. Like that's crazy. You know, Darren did it right because he did, his shows were better live. You know, <laughs> Darren was better when you went to the theater and got to see him do his thing. That's the way to do it. You know, they're, they're a commercial for your live show if you're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, 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 that's frustrating to watch. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, um, and you, you have to, you know, you have to eat a lot of material. You burn through a lot of material if that's your medium, because yeah. like it used to be, you could do your whole act, you know, for 30 years yeah. and live and everyone would see it. But now because of the pacing of things, you know, you, you have to just keep generating and, mm -hmm. and people can't, people, most people don't generate, they just consume. So you just keep doing and taking and doing and taking. And eventually you're going to start making bad decisions because you're just worried about the constant output, you know, mm -hmm. it's, just, it's inevitable. It's a, it's math, you know? So, yeah. So it's, those things are discouraging. Um, I, you know, I meet people who I have, you know, faith in. I'm like, Oh, uh, this this like, this guy's like, has a good head on his shoulders. He's on the right path. Um, and, and there've been a few times where like, I've thought that and then, it's like, Oh, n never, never mind. Because the, 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 what they wanted was, was more, more, you know, more celebrity or more, mm -hmm. whatever that means. The, the, the problem with that is I have, it's like, if you want to be famous, get out of magic. Yeah. Like, get it, just go, go try to be famous. Mm -hmm. Go try to do anything else. Become Chris Hardwick. Yeah. You know, like, that's the way to become famous and not really have to do, you know, a craft. You just like, go want to be famous, mm -hmm. you know, and, and stop using a thing that other people care about to try to get there. But we're also hampered by the fact that the public will maybe only see one or two magicians in their entire life. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and so they're the best magician they've ever seen, you know. And that mm -hmm. that that doesn't help the public. It certainly doesn't help the magician mm -hmm. if they, especially if they believe it. Yeah, you know. Um, There's also not a public-facing critical class for magic. Yeah, that's that's a huge problem. 
that's a huge problem. Is there, there a solution for that? I mean, think? people who, I mean, not, I don't know. There'd have to be like, there would have to be someone who turned, who turned thinking about magic and writing about magic and talking about magic into the performance as opposed to wanting to perform it also, you know, the, the, the greatest, you know, thinkers in magic are often, you know, their words become a lot less meaningful the moment you see them perform. Yeah. You know, and that's a problem. Uh, and you know, art critics don't need to go make a piece of art to be an art critic. They just can talk shit about art and you listen to them yeah. and they know what they're talking about. Uh, and so until those people start to emerge where they, there's for whatever reason, something in them, they feel that they need to talk about these things and write about these things, but not perform these things and are okay with that and don't feel the ego of like needing to perform. Um, no, it won't change unless that happens, you know, and we're, just, we're all guilty of it. Anyone who's performing is guilty of it, mm -hmm. but like we would need, we need that to happen. Do you think that that hasn't happened because of the backlash of, it's almost like the worker material mentality. It's like, you know, you're not in the trenches. You don't actually know what's good magic or not, which I, you know, is not necessarily true at all. But it's the, it's the fear of this backlash of somebody who isn't performing, having an informed opinion, but then... Maybe. I just think it's like... Yeah, I think... No, I think it's just... I think as long as you're performing magic, you're afraid to say anything because then someone might say something about you. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. It's like, if you never perform magic, you don't really give a shit about what you... You can be a critic. You're yeah. like, you can say whatever you want, and they're like, well, you don't perform. You're like, ah, yeah, I know. I don't perform. I don't need to perform. That's not my job. Yeah. Um... But as soon as you start performing, you're you're on the firing line, you know, and you can either be part of the firing line or the firing squad, you know, which one, <laughs> which one do you want to choose? But it's hard to be both. Yeah. And so, um, but there are people who like defiantly do it, like Tony Chang, who's I love, you know, mm -hmm. I think Tony Chang, like people think he's crazy and no, he's a philosopher. Like he's, he sits there and thinks about magic in ways that like most people don't. And he, he doesn't allow the confines of whatever performative context there already exists. He doesn't let them, you know, limit his thinking. And so he ends up thinking about really sh abstract things and things that are, um, don't necessarily sound like they apply to what other magicians are doing. And even his work kind of speaks to that because it's like, some of it is just literally for one person, yeah. you know, it's like one thing but like boy is it a perfect thing for one person you know and, but like a worker would look at that and go like you can never do that you can't do it surrounded you can't yeah. it's hard you know it's yeah like, exactly it's improportionately hard to what the effect is um but that shouldn't matter like um that that sort of stuff is wonderful and so like i think if we have more people like that it could help but um no, I think it's a, I think it's a cultural thing. I think it's also what what we expect of each other and what we value. Like I like 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 we have to be in dialogue with the world for any of it to matter. Like if you're if you're out there making any jokes about, you know, women, about sexual orientation, you know, about mm -hmm. about uh, you know, any anything taboo and like that that's like you you know your creepy uncle might say you, you know you're out like you're that, part that, of the problem you're part of the problem and 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 if you're not saying something you're part of the problem you're li if you if you don't if you don't if you don't you know if you see something at a convention and someone's being misogynistic you get up and you walk out and you make sure that people know why you left yeah and you make sure that that performer knows why you left and you make sure that people who booked him know why you left 
And until people start doing that, until other magicians start doing that, it's, it's, you know, it's going to, it's going to continue. Um, so, uh, you either believe it matters and it's worth it or you, or you, you don't, and you don't, you know, and being afraid of someone maybe saying something bad about you someday, um, uh, you know, is, is not enough, you know, get, get better, make better choices, you know, be more ethical, be more honest, have more integrity, be a better person, be a better magician. And then, you know, less people won't have a reason to say anything bad about, you No one will say bad things about Matt King because there's nothing bad to say about him, you know, yeah. you know, like, it's like, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, there, are, there are, um, uh, there are ways of being in the world and being like good at what you do and good person and, and, and you can be both, but like, it also takes like shine, you know, holding that up and being a mirror for like everyone else so that it's like, you know, put up or shut up. Like this is, this is where we're going. Mm -hmm. This is where we need to be going. And if you're, if you're not in, you're out. And like, we all need to be on the same page. And if we're, if we're busy, you know, if we're busy arguing about what the definition of, you know, theft is, um, for example, I've, uh, you know, I go back to the show. I saw something on, I think it was the second episode that he took from Derek Hughes and he was called out on it and doesn't seem to care because he said he, you know, he also came up with the same idea. It's, you know what? No, you fucking didn't. And like, you, you just, you didn't. And he's always been the kind of person who it's better to ask uh, forgiveness than permission. And the, people aren't stupid. And like, you can walk through the world and you can apologize, you know, and like, oh, we, you know, I didn't know. Yeah, you know, and there's, there's, you know, one case after another with these things. And like, you, you can't, you know, unless, unless we all agree on what being ethical and being moral and, you know, being, you know, a good artist is, we're fucked because then we're always just going to be arguing about what that means as opposed to agreeing and then, you know, evolving and becoming yeah. better, you know, and as soon as like a person is rewarded for bad behavior, other people, you know, start, See that. start acting that way. And then yeah, they, they run for president. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When bad behavior is rewarded, you know, it works. And other people start having, you know, making the same choices because it worked for that person and they didn't get called out. And it's, uh, oh, they're, you know, they're a good person. It's like, well, you know what? If you make enough bad choices in a row, you, you can't really say that that's a good person anymore, in my opinion, you know. And unless we can all agree that like, that like, you know, seeing someone do a routine in the close-up gallery at the Magic Castle and then like starting to work on that routine yourself uh, and then maybe incorporating it into your own show is problematic unless you talk to that person and like ask their permission or their blessing. Like that's problematic, you know. It's one thing to be influenced and inspired. It's another thing to just take, yeah. you know. And you can't like, you can't be at a comedy show and be a comedian and see a guy do a joke about like, you know, uh, peanuts on an airplane and, and then immediately go home and do a s minor variation where your version, they're, they're unsalted. Like that's not a variation. Mm -hmm. You just saw that guy's work and you appropriated it. You took it for yourself and you put it into your own work. And like, that's, that's why, that's why people make fun of magicians is because they do that shit, you know? And it's like, they don't work hard enough. They're not brave enough. They're not, they don't put enough of themselves into the work and they don't, they don't try to move move us all forward. They try to move themselves forward. You know, everyone's working on their own shit, hoping that they do better. But like, you have to keep in mind that there's a collective 
you know, consciousness that we're all, you know, experiencing the same, you know, reality, hopefully. And if we're not, then it's all, there's no, there's no way to move forward, you know? So individuals can progress, but the whole, you know, magic as an art form doesn't because we're all just in it for ourselves. And I, 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 that, that is the, for me, the most frustrating part to answer your earlier question of like the state of magic is, is that like, there's, there's nothing to unify us. There's nothing f- for us to like all kind of go like, yeah, yeah, okay. Now, now we're on the same page. We can move forward. You know, Vernon pushed everything forward because a brief moment, everyone's kind of on the same page. They're all like, okay, this guy. That's the guy. This is the guy. And it doesn't have to be a guy. It was kind of a mindset, you know, yeah. Camrys. Mm-hmm. It's not because of the people. It's because everyone is agreeing with the reality that they're living in. It was like, we can all agree that, you know, two plus two is four. Great. Now we can all get to four together. Yeah. But until we have that collective agreement that, that you know, two plus two equals four, not five. We're going to be stuck. We're going to be arguing. And so until we start establishing for ourselves, not written, just kind of like collectively, consciously, like as a, as a group of, of artists and performers and craftsmen working together, that these things should matter, we're going to be stuck. And that's why, that's why it takes us longer to get anywhere is because uh, we don't have a system in place that gets us all on the same page. What would that look like? I don't know. I'm not... I'm not Hamilton, I don't generate, you know, like systems of government and stuff, but like, uh, uh, it's, it's starting with, it's starting with yourself. I mean, it's, it's starting with individuals, like deciding that their moral compass and their, like what they want out of magic, really deciding what they want out of it. And really we need the people who want to make great art to outnumber the people who want to be famous, you know, and that would start it because then you know, and, and the irony is it would even itself out, you know, like it would actually be, you would, you would have, you know, more great art and greater artists and you would have more, you know, it'd be more successful in the, in the public and it would be, you know, it'd just be better for everyone. But, uh, you know, it's that all, what all, all ships, uh, rise with the, with, tide. Rise with the tide, you know, that yeah. there's truth in that in the sense of like, you have to, you have to really want that though. It can't just be like, well, my tide rose and like yeah they'll they'll catch up eventually or not doesn't matter i'm i'm fine you know and so like i think wanting to like you know wanting to see other people be successful and knowing that like you know you don't need to diminish them for for your success and and you know i don't know it's just it's 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 hard magic is really hard like (laughs) it's hard to be a good performer it's hard to be a good writer it's hard to be a good technician it's hard to be all of the things that magic requires of you yeah and I think that a lot of times, instead of trying to fill that area that you may not be so strong in with something that you are good at, you just end up taking the easier path. And the truth is you don't need to, it's not one or the other. It's like, if you're not a great performer, you know, you might be a great writer, you know, lean into that. You know, what is it? I don't consider myself a, a, a performer. I don't, I don't, um, you know, and people who've seen me perform over the years probably would agree, you know, especially like at the castle and stuff like you would not have pinned me as a performer. Yeah. Like, uh, um, you know, um, I don't have that kind of personality. Uh, you know, Rob Zabrecki is a performer, you know, like I perform. So yeah. Michael Weber, who like can, you know, like read the phone book and it's interesting, literally yeah. like do anything. And you're like, oh, this guy's the best. And you don't even know why. Just this charisma and confidence and all of it. Um and that's okay that I'm not those things because, like, I figure out what, what, what do I have to offer, you know, and lean into those things. Which is what? What do I have to offer? Yeah. Well, I'm figuring it out. That's why 
but I'm, I, you know, that's why the work is at least appears to be different from what other people are doing is because I, I don't want it to look like what other people, I don't want, I want to know what I have. I'm not even, I'm, I'm just genuinely thinking about like, what do I have to offer? You know, what, what, what can I say? What, what do I, how do I really feel about the world? And then avoiding being, a f- you know, thinking about what I'm going to say, think about how to say it and then having the courage to say it, you know, and not being afraid of what it'll mean to me, you know, to the world to, to really just say those things. I just want it to be genuine. And I also want it to have, um, I, w- I want it to, to be active. I want it to do something, you know, I think about what is, what does my work do? You know, what will it, what will people leave the theater and go do or think about after they see me, you know? And, uh, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, and you, and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a frustrating state, I guess, is the answer. <laughs> like, I do think, I do think that like, it does, it does make me think like, why, I try, you know, I can't care too much. I mean, I do care too much. So as soon as I start talking about it, it's like, that's why I don't, that's why you don't watch the news. You're like, I just get too angry, you yeah. know? And so that's why I try not to watch, uh, um, you know, like, but I've never watched, like Penn and Teller show doesn't, doesn't, you know, I don't, you know I've seen that show. It doesn't, it's, I watch my friends on it. I love, I love seeing my friends on the show and, and, uh, and, uh, and seeing, you know, seeing Penn and Teller watch them it's it's great but like um the show does the show on an episode by episode um uh basis doesn't offend me at all like because it's it is it's exactly what I'm saying like it's like here's a magician doing what they do live no edits this is what magicians look like and even Mm -hmm. the best magicians in the world that's as good as it gets on camera yeah and so like that's that's like the starting point we all need to acknowledge is that like unless you help the magic, unless you help um, by cutting out time and cutting out, you know, uh, by giving them a proper circumstance to perform and not like a, like magic on a stage in a big auditorium with camera is just not the right medium for magic. It was fine. I actually like it's the most fair, honest. It's the same format for America's Got Talent, all those things. So like that's a very honest way of doing it. Um, my only problem with like with fool us is 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 the context it, it creates um, uh, around ju- magic. around magic, which yeah. is that that the that the um, the purpose is the to purpose be is to be fooled. Yeah. Um, that's that was really just a, a device for doing that type of show. Um, yeah. Teller said that like they needed a binary of like how do we how do you grade a magic show like a dance you know a dance routine they can you know if they trip it's like you're not as good as that guy so yeah. you win. Um, uh, but, uh, and singing your voice doesn't sound as good. You didn't perform it as well. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but with magic, how do you do that? And really the only thing they could come to is, is that. And, and they're at such a place in their careers where they've done so much and they've changed so much. And they're so, they're so established that like, they don't really need to think about that anymore. Like they don't need to shake things up anymore. They don't need to redefine what magic is anymore. They already did, they did that 20, 30 years ago. Um, but it's unfortunate that like the, the, the framework that they, they ended up in, in rightfully so. I mean, there's no really other way, like smart people to sit around and think of this really no other way to kind of do a show like that than that. It's unfortunate that it frames magic as something that is to fool them, which is funny because like you watch them when they don't get fooled, how hard they have to 
lean into the other elements like mm-hmm. the perform oh, the performance of that was so wonderful and the like because they don't like they're about to say you didn't fool us but yeah. like it's like oh and the th- oh my god that was the most original thing i've ever seen didn't fool us. like yeah so it's like unfortunate that they like trap themselves sometimes because like there are times where i'm sure they'd love to give the person an award because mm-hmm. they're amazing yeah um uh but it like you know it's it's given awards to people who you know, I, I, it's unfathomable that they received an award for magic, and it's you know told people like you know Zabrecki, Pitt Harling, and Derek Hughes to you know you're not good enough. Yeah. In some regard, it's like what? That's a, this is the craziest show ever. You yeah. know. Um. So it's 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 the framework is a little unfortunate, but. They play fair, you know. It's like, hey, that's the everyone knows the game. Everyone knows you going into it, and and like you know, someone like Eric Mead goes in and crushes it, and goes like, all right, I'll play by your rules, and like you mm-hmm. know, I'll, I'll turn them on end and yeah. uh, and uh, and do a brilliant piece of magic in the process, you know, and like kind of kind of check all the boxes. So, um, um, so it's almost like a game show in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just challenging because like the only way to really look up and see magic is to either go to a place and see magic or to see it on a screen. Um, and the screen part is not really, again, it's not experiencing magic. It's watching that experience of magic. So you go to a place. And like the shows that I've seen, uh, I haven't really seen any. I mean, Noah's show, I think, in New York is really uh, Noah Levine's uh, Magic After Hours mm-hmm. is like, one of the most perfect contexts for any magic show ever. It's uh, what happens in a magic shop after it closes, you know, and it's like a, that's a dream come true. Cause now you can do anything you want. You like any, anything is possible. Um, So like, that's a really great, cool idea uh, that it's almost like, how did that not happen sooner? And it's like, it's like a great, it's like good that that exists to like point people to and stuff. And, and, uh, and it feels, you know, magical. Like, you know, like it's magical to go into a map. Most people don't know magic shops exist or if they did, you know, like what does that look like? And you go into Tannins, it's like, oh, wow, that's, it looks like a magic shop. And it's yeah. like, you know, weird, you just pass these nail salons to get there. It's really weird. It's, it's like a strange place. Um, and then it's this little magical room. So that's great. Um, so there are people out there doing stuff that I look at and go like, the, you know, that's good. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's just hard to be on. We're all on our own. I guess I keep coming back to like how we're so alone in our processes that it makes it very hard to, for any of us to feel or be successful, which is why it's so hard. Why it's so, I think, important to come together. And, and you know, the reason that I've, I've, everything I've ever done that I feel like is successful, like artistically at least is because, like, I had other people, not creatively to, like, come up with things for me, but to, like, be there for me to, like, be guiding stars, you know, mm-hmm. to be compasses. Um, and uh, and not in a competitive, like, way. I really ro- I really root for my friends. Yeah. I'm really rooting for them. And they're rooting for me, and that's a great feeling. Of course. Yeah. Well, as, a, as an outsider looking in and being someone who has been part of the magic industry for a while and mm-hmm. it's got kind of a good oversight over it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that stands out to me about you and and what is one of many reasons that you are as successful as you are is that you, everything that you do 
is a collaborative effort and mm. that it's not the pitfall that every other magician falls into, which is that I'm going to write, direct, produce, act, perform yeah, the thing no. myself. Yeah. Everything that you do has got these incredible inspirational facets that come from outside of magic mm. and that are translated into something that is more than tricks now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hope. I mean, I, I you can't, I mean, you can do it all. It's just not going to be as good. Mm. I mean, you can be your own everything. Yep. It's just not, it's not going to be as good for anything really. Um, um, I mean, even, 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 even if it says, you know, written by, directed by, starring, it's still not entirely true. Like there's always going to be other people around. Yeah. It's how much you genuinely let them into your process. Um, and it doesn't, and it's also knowing that it doesn't cease to be yours, you know, just cause you're letting other people in to your world doesn't mean that, like it's diminishing your credit or your, you know, what you, what you, your value, you know? And like, you know, f Frank, uh, my director, he, you know, he worked with Jim Henson and they're like the, one of the greatest collaborative teams in the history of entertainment. And to hear him talk about Jim is like, it's how I talk about my friends. It's how I talk about, you know, Glenn or Michael Weber, or, um, uh, you know, Sebastian Clarig or, you know, people who have, uh, Frank, you know, um, people who I've worked closely with or, and, and, it's just because it's like everyone's being overly generous. Everyone in the room is giving more than they should or required to, or like this, they want to make a great thing. They want to make a great thing, and they believe in a great thing. And 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 I have been on the other side of that a lot. I've been I've been in the room being overly generous to to just because I want it to be better for the for everyone for the world's sake and like. Um, the best people like both accept that generosity and then also return it, you know, with, when it comes, comes their time, the hard, the, you know, there, some people are better than accepting it, but, uh, but, but like the people who are really successful that I, that I think are, have maintained like being a good human are the ones who like are gr accept all the, the, the generosity and then just show appreciation and gratitude for it, you know, and are thankful, um, for having great people around. And, and I, I, it's, it's a little better just to have people to laugh with and to joke with and to go through. If you're, if you're making something, if you're making something, it's going to be, if you're making something good, it's going to be hard and yeah. it's better to go through a hard thing with people you care about. And so I, for me, I just like having people around that are like-minded, you know, and, and I got, uh, you know, that I grew up that way when I was doing magic, uh, when I was a kid, I had Jason England and, you know, go up to the tower and hang out with Eric Mead. And uh, when I got older and moved to L.A., I was hanging out with Lovick and Derek Hughes and Rob Zabrecki. And, and like, we, all we do is, like, make fun of each other and tell each other, like, how shitty the thing we just did was. And, and then, in a very loving way, collaborate to figure out how to make it better. Mm -hmm. You know? That's it. That's What else can you ask for? And so... I just enjoy the process of working on things with people I care about. And then, um, you know, it's easy to get that involved when everyone's not in it for money. The, the problem really becomes when it's about like success, you know, yeah. and like, like, okay, you all work for me cause I'm making this thing. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to make most of the money. And also my name's going to be the only one on the poster. It's like, 
those things are, that's no reason to work on anything, but to go like, uh, I had an idea. I think it can change the world. And I'm pretty sure at the very least it'll destroy everyone's brains. And you're like, <laughs> okay, let's go make that. That sounds fun. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. That yeah. sounds like a good time. Um, and so like, that's the way you, that's the way people get on board and it's, but it has to be genuine from, from the top down of like this, this, I think this could be really special. Well, it boils down to intention, right? For me, yeah. Well, I mean, certainly, and that's what when I asked Frank, my director, why did you do? Why did you say yes to this? You didn't have to say yes to this. And he said, "I, I, um, I recognized your intention. I recognized that you were pure of heart. You, you really meant it, and you really wanted to do this. Uh, and so, like, intention is everything. Like, why are you really doing this? And I'll help anyone all day if, if like, I feel like they're." really trying to do something that matters there's no money and it doesn't matter most of the things i've done have not been for money uh but like uh it's why i've you know if david blaine ever really you know reaches out to me like i've i've never worked for david Mm -hmm. um but like anytime anytime he's called me he's like working on something that's like you know pretty crazy you know Mm -hmm. and it's like i don't need money to go help you be a lunatic that sounds that sounds worth it you know yeah. like just because it's like you want to be there when when like you you want to you you want to see something you want to see something you know yeah. we don't get a lot of chances to really see. you get to be a part of a happening yeah or just yeah. even be watch it have a front row seat is enough like i just want to be there to see you jump man like that's, that's what that i felt about sunday night sunday night yeah oh yeah that's cool yeah, yeah i'm glad so you're there that's i got to be it was a good night it was a good night yeah yeah special i Properly broken. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Just because it was so emotional and stuff. It, yeah, I yeah. was crying. I, about thirty minutes in, I was just weeping until yeah. the end of the show. Yeah, it was, it was. And I happened to be sitting in front of Michael and Jason, and so at the oh, very end, oh, nice. when you looked at Jason and said, "You're my expert," I was yeah. just like, "Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one." His just happened to sit there too. That was yeah. great. Anyway, yeah, they sorry. got my friends. They got the shittiest seats because they're like, "You guys have all seen this. You sit in the very back." Yeah, yeah, and uh, no, that was. That was a that was a moment. Like the whole show was like a surreal moment, and and a, to just be in the room was like, you know. And I had friends that bought tickets of they were ridiculously priced. Yeah. Like and but friends who were just like, I don't care, man. I just want to. I just wanted to be there. I just I wanted guess. to be in the room. Yeah, and yeah. you too. So like that that was a really that's a really important thing. So intentions everything to just and just wanting to be there is is like a really. Uh, important aspect of it you know i just want to be there to, to watch history happen to make history to be a part a small part of history um in any, any capacity is is great so know? what was your intention with this show um well and i'm sure it evolved not really really no it's pretty much pretty much day one was wow. was okay. um uh i mean it, it's been a long day one time how do you what do I you mean, define the, as day one i mean it's it's been long time in the making but like i've i've wanted to i don't i didn't know who i learned this stuff at such a young age yeah and then got and then and liked it and then grew up and realized oh shit this none of this applies to the world yeah none, none of what i know is meaningful or valuable to the world at all no one cares that i can deal you know off the bottom of the deck or make your card jump to the top that's not useful um and and even and even the even the fields that I thought are less useful are, would make fun of like how useless our craft is, you yeah. know. 
And so you had a choice, you know, leave, get out, mm-hmm. go figure out something else or make it matter, you know? And so I spent, I spent, a, you know, a decade trying to make something that mattered. And, uh, it started with like leaving magic to go take some time to figure out what the hell I want to like maybe say or do. Didn't really have the answer, but I knew it was possible. You know, I was like, well, Jesus, if like a guy can make a toilet art, you know, we should be able to make miracles art. You would think. You would think. You would think. And I'm like, it has to be possible. Um, and, Asi and I had a conversation about that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What do you say? Uh, well, so I asked him if it was, if it was, if that piece of art, the toilet being art, uh-huh. was more about the artist and the reputation of the artist mm-hmm. making art, or mm-hmm. if it was that the piece itself was actually art. Like okay. what, what defines it? Oh, it's the, I mean, for me, it's the gestures. You know, it's not the object, it's the gesture. It's the, you know, pointing. You know, it's, it's like, does, you don't have to have a physical thing for it to be art. You yeah. Know? It's, it's the, it's the where it points us all to, yeah. you know, is the, is the. So you have to be an artist to make art then? Only, I think only artists make art. I think, I think that's how art exists. I don't think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think artists make art. Okay, so I didn't mean to get off. No, track. no, that's just, a better conversation. That's a much better conversation. Like, uh, let's get into that conversation. Please? I, I want to hear what Ossie said. I could just listen to the podcast. <laughs> I can already hear him yelling at me. Um, no, because Ossie's like a good example of like, he's just a fucking brilliant magician who it kind of doesn't even matter what he thinks. He's just good at magic. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't really care. Like, I could argue with Ossie for hours. Yeah. I mean, we, we get along. We have, we agree on most everything. Sure. You know, but it's one of those guys who like, even if we argued about it, it wouldn't, it doesn't matter because he's, He's so good. There's no, there's no. It's like it's like it's, it's irrelevant to argue because we're just. It's just a, a mental exercise. It's not like either one of us are right. It's, yeah. it's like his work is good enough to stand on its own, and you go like, like he guy knows what he's doing, you know, clearly. Um, but uh, um, uh, yeah. So I wanted to. I you wanted want, to make miracles. Art. I didn't want to quit. I didn't yeah. want. I didn't want to give up. I didn't want to. I couldn't just go do what magician, I couldn't just be a magician. Yeah. I tried that. I, I was bad at it. I couldn't do corporate shows. I couldn't do birthday parties and bar mitzvahs. And because? I just didn't, I, I don't know. It was horrible. I wanted to just literally was depressing me. So I, I, I was like, I can't make a living doing that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there has to be a way to have both, you know? And so like I made a very specific decision like to start to stop like taking those shows to stop doing those shows you know i put out a picture of me like kind of giving the bird like with two cards over my fingers which i look at as kind of like a schrodinger's cat like you don't know if i'm actually i don't even know if i'm actually flipping you off or not and you assume i am maybe but maybe i'm not but like when i showed that picture to bill hers he's like you'll never work i can never send you out with this this you're never going to do a corporate show again I was like, so be it. I like the picture more than I like those jobs, you know? (laughs) And that was like kind of the decision of like literally put that on my website at one point and it was like, I guess I won't be working. Or if I do, maybe it'll be for people who want to see what I have to offer. You know, like I want to start finding my audience. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh, And of course you end up being broke uh, doing that. Of course. But if you don't value money, it's amazing what you can make. 
You know, it's amazing if you don't evaluate. And then, and then you start applying that to like, what if I didn't value applause? What if I didn't care if they ever laughed or thought I was good? What could you make? Yeah. You know, get rid of all. What if I never fooled them? You know, like if you just ask, if you start like not really valuing the things that you traditionally would value as a magician, you're going to end up finding things and discovering things that you couldn't have before because you're too busy being pulled off that track, mm-hmm. worrying about outside, you know, outside influence of some sort. Um, so I was, I was figuring that out. I was trying to figure that out. And, uh, um, and right when, right when I was like, okay, I'm ready to step back into the ring. Um, uh, nothing to hide came about. And yeah. that was like, you know, that was too friend. Hold on one second. Hey guys, guys. We're recording. Sorry, you guys are recording. We're, uh, so right when I was, uh, ready to jump back into the ring, nothing to hide came about. And that was thrown together so fast. It wasn't, and it was just two guys doing a show at the castle. And then, uh, Hey, do you want to do, you know, do you want to do a show at the Geffen? It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. Sure. That sounds great. But I also knew that I was like, I, I still like, uh, I still have this other thing in me that I want to. Uh, do you know and then and because nothing to hide them it's some so it, i'm incredibly proud of that show it was a, objectively it was a very good magic show you know like <laughs> did you see it no i didn't get a chance it was to very very good it was just solid i mean that's was, all i've just, ever heard about it, is it, was, it was, just, was fucking incredible it was it was yeah. it was just like i mean it was just a really great uh show it was fun it was fun to do it was fun it was a it was fun for 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 us to do it was fun for the audience to to be a part of um, but it didn't break anything. Yeah. It didn't change anything. Didn't it change nothing? I mean, it, 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 it may have made magic a little bit cooler, like to the public, like, yeah. like, oh, magic shows can be all right. Yeah. Like, uh, may have opened up doors for other people that they could do another magic show, mm-hmm. you know? And like, there was a bit of a spike in like, you know, you know, hipster magic shows, I guess, like, you yeah. know, more, but, uh, so, but, but I don't consider that change. That's just like, you know do some good work. Uh, it allows opportunities for other people and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it didn't break anything. Didn't, it didn't, did, there, it wasn't like a before and after everything's different now. And, and I was looking at that, I was looking at that, that fountainhead, you know, like that Duchamp did it, you know, Duchamp broke it. Yeah. And when it came, it's fucked up everything. <laughs> um, and then left. I was like, all right, you guys deal with, Deal with the conversation now. I'm going to yeah. go over here. We're still talking about what is art today, you know, and, you know, still, still arguing about it. And so like that to me was the, the, the goal, you know, in a sense was just to break it, to just go like, because if you can break it, it can show, it can, it, 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 we're no longer confined to what like, well, magicians work at bar mitzvahs and they work at the magic castle and the, it's like, well, do they, you know, like, so, um, that was it, uh, you know, and, and, and I don't know if it achieved that, but it feels like it des- definitely was a disruptive show. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was a disruptive show. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel like it was a little disruptive, like at least it, it made people question, like, I mean, the fact that people would have the conversation, is it a magic show? Is already, that, yeah, that already is a little disruptive. Oh, yeah. It's like people arguing over whether or not it's a magic show, yeah. um, which I've been told happens. Um, 
I mean, it's too. I haven't. I haven't been around. I haven't. I've literally just been doing the show, so I don't really yeah. know. I don't know what the conversation is outside of this theater. Are you know? excited about finding out what the conversation no, is? No, no, that's horrifying. No, no, no. I mean, not even a little bit. I'm curious. I'm not excited, mm, uh, okay. but there's a difference. Like, in, you know, um, you'd be curious about what a dead body looks like. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not excited to see it. Certainly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, I know that there, you know, that people like it, that people don't like it. There's people who think it's a magic show. There's people who refuse to call it a magic show. Um, the the idea that someone, the idea, but I I do know, and I'm proud of the fact that I'm pretty sure that uh, if you if you left the show and and said like it's just a magic show, people would think you're an idiot. Oh, for sure. You know, like yeah. that, that. You would be corrected. That feels like that feels like a bit of a win. Then, mm-hmm. like, they're like, if they try, if people try to trivial, it's very difficult to trivialize the show. Yeah. And that for me is this, the most successful part is that, like, and, and nobody people, walks out of that show and goes, that was cute. No one walks out of that show. And over time, it just got even stronger. And, like, the, I mean, and like the community, like, I mean, the, the kind of the pressure around it, like, we had uh, the, the village voice gave us four stars, and the head reviewer came back a few months ago and bumped it up to five stars. And he was just like, no, this is, this is like, he corrected his own reviewer, yeah. you know, and it was the only off-Broadway five-star show there was, um, which is cool. But like the pressure of it being like, there, there, first there was no language to talk about it. And then the language became, the only, the only language you could use was a magic show. Like the very first people, when they talk about it, they compared it to a magic show. And like, yeah. they're like, he's trying to do something else with magic. Like, it's like artsy fartsy. Like, I don't know what he's fucking thinking, you know? Um, but then as people started to talk about it, the, 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 the language, started, the vocabulary started to develop to talk about it, you yeah. know, and that, that, that's exciting because it's like expanding the definition. It's expanding the possibilities and, um, it will allow for more bad magic and bad art for sure. Because like, you know, we're going to, I've already been told like, there's a lot of people doing long monologues, personal stories followed by like, you know, a bill change or yeah. something, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's. Uh, that sort of stuff's unfortunate, but um, but it, but who knows what will come of it? You know. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I uh, that struck me about it the first time I saw, it, which was like literally two years ago, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Was that you were doing something that I didn't see any other magicians doing, which was again to go back to being a contemporary mm-hmm. piece of art. Is that right now in comedy, mm-hmm. and for the last several years. Apart from the big turnover of material, it had become about being very authentic and sharing personal stories and bringing the audience into your life. And that was something that you were doing, not as a way to do therapy on stage, but as a way to then empathize with people and to give them the space to explore themselves. Yeah. Which is kind of what a lot of really great, not a lot, not all of, but a lot of the great comedy happening right now is comedians giving the audience space for self-examination through jokes. Yeah, no, you're right. Like leaving, yeah, leave room for them. You yeah. Know? You gotta leave, yeah. There's no room for them, the audience, in magic. In most magic shows, there's no room for them. It's it's like, all right, everyone sit down. I've learned a thing. Yeah. I'm going to show you a thing. If I talk to you, you don't need to respond unless I want you to respond. But for the most part, you're here because I learned this. And yeah. I'm going to show it to you now. Ready? And then they do the thing, and then everyone applauds. Like, that's 
that's the that's a magic show. Where where's room for them in that? And okay, all right. So like, think about the first person you ever kissed. Like, the idea that that's like allowing room for them is just a lie you're telling yourself as a magician if you think that that's like giving them room to be a part of it. You yeah. know, no, that you need to do the trick, and you need that. You 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 still need them to do that for you. Because that's what you need to happen. Yeah. Because you need them to write it down so you can tell them it later or whatever. But, like, how do you genuinely leave space for them and their imagination and their ideas and their hopes and their dreams and their... Uh, what will they bring to the work, you know? And and to make it so genuine and, and unique. And um, the problem with that is that means relinquishing control. Like you need, you need, if you really want to leave room for, for them, you need to like give them some agency. Uh, and whether that's, it doesn't have to be physical. It can be, uh, shadows, teller shadows is a perfect example. That routine, that masterpiece leaves room for the audience. Like I've seen it probably 30 times live. I have no fucking clue what it's about. I have no idea. Yeah. But I know he knows what it's about, and I know that there's meaning there, and it's not frivolous. It's not just, you know, the you know the cards turn blank, and then they turn blue, and then the backs change again, and then there's a, you know, then they turn into a rose petal, and then the rose petal turns into a coin, and now it's a tattoo on my chest. Like, I don't fucking, there's no, I have no fucking clue what any of that means, <laughs> and I know you don't either. Yeah. Like, I know that. I yeah. know that, that this is just neat. It's cool. It's fireworks. It's like, it's like, it's, it's awesome. It's like watching someone do a kick-ass karate, you know, demonstration where they yeah. break a bunch of boards. You know, it's like, it's just cool. All right. Well played. Yeah. But like, I watch Shadows. I watch Teller, you know, pierce the shadow of a rose, you know, until it's gone. And then seeing a, you know, a shadow bleed is like poetic. There's actual poetry in that, you know, and poetry is one of the hardest things in the world. Actually, poetics, not rhymes, but, yeah. you know, Aristotle poetics. Yeah. And so we don't leave room for people, uh, in magic, you know, and it's why like someone like Rob Zabrecki comes along. He does nothing but leave room for people like he he is shadows. He is like just this entity that you watch and we're like endowing him with like all of the stories that he's not saying, like all the spaces in between where we're filling in the blanks of what this guy must be like at home and what like it's it's so captivating, you yeah. know. And it's not just because of what he says, because he's leaving so much for us to to wonder to wonder about and lean in and and to to. to but it takes a lot of courage, and uh, like as a performer, as a, as an artist, like it takes a lot of courage to do that type of material. Well, that's the power you know? of silence, too. Yeah, in those two cases, sure. I mean, silence is definitely one way uh, of doing it. You know, um, uh, uh, it can also be done in you know, in writing, you know, like you, you can, you can write so that you don't completely, I mean, that's very challenging. Writing is really hard, but like, like, um, you know, Jared Kopf has a routine about linking rings and about breaking, like breaking, uh, how he doesn't want to break the chain of 
of the history of doing this thing. And like, he doesn't really even like the trick, but like Bob White taught it to him and Vernon taught it to Bob White and Vernon, you know, yeah. and Vernon learned it from someone. It's like so on and so forth. And it's like, and he feels this responsibility of like doing this thing. So not to break a chain. Yeah. And it's not the chain of the rings. It's the chain of the, the, the lineage of this fucking thing. And so like, that's that type of thing is like, beautiful and like poetic and, and lovely and it allows room for us to like enter enter into the work in a way that's like wow what like I I either like my like I have no sense of family like I have my mother and my wife and my uh, you know friends but I don't have like I don't I don't know my great grandparents names or anything yeah so like but like if you know thinking even if I'm thinking about those things because of a magic trick is like now i've entered it in a way that i didn't before i yeah. couldn't have it's just like if a guy comes out and just links a bunch of rings there's no i don't where am i in that where where do i belong in this i don't have any place in this world uh that you've you've created for yourself and so like allowing uh you know space for people to enter your work is um is really important in one way to do that is is by being uh, honest and vulnerable and authentic, you know, and to to really tell a story that means something to you and and really and it can't just be like we know we I'm we I'm being a layman we know the difference yeah if you're just if this is patter and you just needed to tell us a story because you like this trick or if you really mean this and felt like this needed to be said. In, in service of something greater than than whatever trick you're trying to show us you know so even if you think you're good at it and you're you're a clever enough writer and you think it's a perfect mit, you know marriage of effect and you know what you're saying we t- we can tell the difference like as we just can you yeah. know and so like unless people you know are honest about it um yeah i don't know why i don't yeah i don't know <laughs> it makes i don't know if it makes sense is what I'm yeah, saying. yeah 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 about leaving room for them to, yeah. and why, why, why being like vulnerable and telling stories, but like making sure that they're really in service of, they're, they're ultimately in service of them. They're not in service of you. It's not like, oh, I get up there and I tell a story, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to do this. I, the show wasn't about me. The show was about, the show was about what it means to be and be seen by others. Like mm-hmm. that was the, that was what the show was about. And the, uh, you know, the piece of the brick, I, I did a whole monologue about brick making and how bricks are made. And the process of like making a brick and what a brick is basically and what bricks and how like in a long talk about how like, you know, bricks are defined. The whole point of it at the, you know, uh, the original origin was the origin that ended up on stage. But I was trying to go really around it and go like really far around it and go like, you know, bricks can be used to build things or they can be used to like, you know, throw through someone's window, you know, so it was in there, but it wasn't explicit, you know? And so Frank uh, was like, you gotta help me out here. I don't really know what, like, what do you, what is, what is this? And I was like, ah, okay. I'll write, I'll write you a thing. I'll write something for you. Yeah. And uh, then maybe you'll understand it. So I emailed him. Every secret has a weight to it. I learned this in early age. You know, my mother had me when she was 17 years old. My father skipped. I wrote one draft. Yeah. Send. And the next day he's like, 
why isn't that the script? Yeah. And I said, because this show's not about me. I don't want the show to be about me. Like, it's never been. It's not about, I don't want people to think the show's about me. And yeah. and he's like, oh, because it's so generous. And when he said that, I was like, well, I can be generous. Like, I didn't even, like, I didn't even frame it like that. Like, what do you, what do you mean generous? And it's like, the whole point is like, I didn't want to be up there. The last thing I, I needed was to be like doing a one man show and being like, talking about myself like that's the opposite of the type of show i wanted you know i've seen that show before and it's terrible i i want to see a show that like where they leave and they they're thinking about themselves and they're thinking about the world and they're thinking about ideas Mm -hmm. i wanted to be about i wanted the ideas to be at you know uh, at the forefront of the conversation um but the problem is they have no way to access those ideas without a proxy of some sort without any they have to be able to enter the enter it Somehow into the conversation, they have to get to the idea somehow. Yeah. And people, not all people, are intellectual, like and think about things like in ab- like having abstract conversations or philosophical conversations. Some people just want to, you know, cut to the vein and get in there, you know. And so I I learned that one way to do that is to to make yourself the object, make yourself the access point. And so, like, that's what I did with this show. I just made myself the vessel for mm-hmm. them to enter into the work. You know, it's like, oh, fuck, this show needs to be about me searching for my identity, you know, so that they can question their own. Yeah. Is really what it ended up being. Um, which is really, really, if you know me, really, 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 that was the hardest part of all of it is I don't, I've never been comfortable, like, showing up and being like you're welcome fuckers you know like uh, like i have i have you know i have i have i have um you know i have some areas where i'm confident i certainly have my opinions and i i assert them as if they're as as if i'm confident but it's not it's because i believe in the ideas like Mm -hmm. i if i ever seem like i'm you know like i i know what i'm talking about it's not that i know what i'm talking about it's that i believe in what i'm saying which is a difference you know i really believe in what i'm saying uh if i commit to an idea um and i believe it matters and so I'm fine being like, you know, defiant and arrogant about that because I believe the idea is worth it, you know. But if you're to say now fight for yourself, now I'm now we're lost. Now mm-hmm. now I can't like I'm not good at that. I can't like I'm not the one to like step into the spotlight and take you like that's not who who I am. So to do that was the hardest part. To be like, you know, in order to do this, you need to like own up, own it, and like be be the star of a one man show. It's like a horrifying prospect to me, you know, and, and my work in the past has shown that like, I've not done that. That's not what I've been. Uh, uh, that's not what I wanted to do. Uh, but is that why you thought you weren't a good performer back when you were doing gigs, you didn't want to be the spotlight, the person. And uh, no, 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 that's fine. No, it was because the context was wrong is because I didn't, I couldn't do the work I wanted to do in the context that I was being hired to do it or okay. being asked to do it. Yeah. Um, and that made me extra insecure. Like, I, like interrupting people, like, or whether it's a walk around, uh, there are people who are good at that and yeah. don't, you know, it's fine, you yeah. know, and then, and take the check and run. I'm, I'm all, I'm very pro do the job and get the work and, and get the hell out of there. Um, no, I just, for me, like you can't talk about, you know, you can't talk about your mom being a faggot at a corporate event. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. And like, for me, that's the work that mattered. So like, 
I, I just needed to find a way to do the work I wanted to do Yeah, in a context where people could see it, you know? So, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how much responsibility do you take for what people lead the show with? None. I mean, well, I mean, as much like we pat ourselves on the back, like two, we, we did, we did it. Good job, guys. You know, we did a good show. Um, but I asked because of the interview with John and Ricky, and the secret has two faces. Oh yeah, yeah. What about it? Uh, so, I mean, you asked them, or do you think about what the audience experiences? And they were like, "No, I don't care." Basically. Oh no, I think about what they. Why did they say that in their interview? Yeah. They said they don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was horrified at that interview. Glenn and I were both super horrified. I was actually more impressed with Ricky um, in that interview. Surprisingly. Like Ricky, it was weird to me that like Ricky, Ricky spoke more like an artist than John did. It was kind of weird to me. It was like, no, I just put dots on people's faces. I was like, uh, what? Wow. Yeah. That's, um, problem is it's really fucking hard to tell if he's telling the truth. Because, like, seriously, like, part of being an artist, and I mean, like, a real artist, a Baltasar artist, part of that, part of that job is the game of, like, of, of talking to curators and talking to art critics and, like, that dance of, like... There is a mystique surrounding the art. Yeah, and how you answer very carefully and, like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in, like, you, like, like, for him, maybe that's the truth and for him, maybe, like... For him to say that is controversial, which is actually better for his career. I don't, I mean, sure. He's smart enough and old enough to know his own practice. And like, either that's the truth and that's awesome that he just like says it mm-hmm. or it's not the truth. And it's like still part of like the, the game of being a mysterious artist, yeah. you know, um, where Ricky was just straightforward and like kind of answered the questions honestly. And, and, um, um, and, and would, did he say he didn't really care about the, yeah. the, 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 yeah, no. So for me, it's the opposite of that. Like I only care. They are, they're the other half. I mean, the scale in the shows represent, they are the other half of the work. I, yeah. I, going back to like magic doesn't exist in a vacuum. They're part of it. So like, where are they in it? And what does that mean? And like what they say about the work is a continuation of the work. It's not their opinion it's still the work is just still going like mm-hmm. and it's like they're 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 talking about it afterwards and how are they how are they talking about what you do and not in a, like a good or bad way just like it's a ripple in the world you know and so like what like it matters to me that like if, if someone sees what i do it expands their notions of what like a magician is if they think that i'm a magician i hope that like they go oh shit i didn't not not a best or worst. Like, no, he's the best I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Um, but, like, I want to expand their definition the, yeah. or transform their definition of it. And so, like, you can't do that without thinking about them because you have to acknowledge where they're at or what where they might be at, you know, and where, where you want them to go afterwards. Otherwise, you're just up there entertaining and making a buck, which is fine. It's just not what I want to do, you yeah. know? Um uh, that's where, like, that's where you go back to, like, someone like Aussie, who's just a phenomenal magician, who, like, I don't, you know, probably doesn't care. I mean, you could ask him; he wants to be able to have a good time. But I would suspect that, like, he's such a bulldozer that he'll just, like, he's gonna come, he's gonna mess up your brain, and he's gonna leave. Like, that's that's his job. And you're gonna go, oh, that's the best magician I've ever seen. Um, uh, and that's a, a good. That is good when you both don't care and deliver. As if someone who like really does 
care, you yeah. know, like, and he does care, or like people like that do care. So sure. like, like, and like, I, I would push back on Ricky that he, you know, this is a guy who like, as soon as someone like says something in public or does something, he like, you know, unleash the hounds of hell. So like, he cares more than anyone. So like, I don't buy it when it's like, oh, I don't really care what the audience thinks. It's like, fuck off. You totally care. You wouldn't even be doing you wouldn't what be you doing do. It. Yeah. You literally wouldn't do what you do. You'd do something else. You'd be the banker or something. Um, so, like, it's just how do you care and what do you value? And what do you, what are the question is, like, what do you care about how they care? You know, like, in which ways do you care that they, you know, if it's, you want them to say you're the best they've ever seen, great. Be, be good, you know, or be the first. Um, uh, but if it's you want them to reevaluate X or you want them to think about Y differently or you want them to, like, that it's active. Like, I, I think that you, it's more interesting, I think, at least if you genuinely try to provoke. I mean, uh, uh, even, even David Williamson, who looks like chaos, has a very specific criteria. He said, your job is to destroy their minds. Yeah. That's objective. Like, that is... You have an objective and you care. And if you didn't do that, you failed. So you, you care about what they think about the experience. Um, and I think that all magic is objective in a sense. It should be at least like, in fact, all art is. I don't think, I don't think art is, uh, I don't think good art is subjective. I think it's subjective as a viewer, but I don't think as a person who makes it, I think you should have like a real opinion and a, and a, very biased opinion about how a thing should be and how it should exist and and how it should uh, be put into the world. And then once it's out there, you're like, hope to see it. Wonder what they'll see. But like to say, like, I don't really give a shit. I don't really care what they think. Is I don't know. It's I don't buy. I don't buy it. I don't buy. I don't buy. Or I do buy it, and like I can tell. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. I can tell one way or another. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh. You, you like you look at someone like Blaine who's like just a force of nature as a person who like could be perceived as someone who doesn't care, but he cares so much. All he thinks about is not, not what other people think, but like, how is this effect? Like, you know, how is this being perceived? How is this like, well, yeah, I don't, that doesn't work. And this does like, he's constantly working on, you know, Copperfield, same thing. Like these people who are obsessive about the, the feedback mm -hmm. loop of like, how, how did that go? And how was this, how did, what did they think that, you know, uh, what how, did did it work and why did it work? how did it work? How did it work? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did, how did it keep it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you know, so it's really just a matter of not, you know, do you care? It's what what part of the caring? You know, where in that are you caring? Mm -hmm. um, uh, and so, like for me, it's legibility on this. Like I just wanted, literally, like once the show was seen, like by enough people in a way that I thought was like, all right, they're starting to get it. It's like we can we can close up shop. You know, now we're good. Like, yeah. Like, all right, they saw it. We're good. We can go. Now we can go, you know. Um, and like fighting for legibility of the idea. I had an idea, just fought to make it legible. Once it was legible to enough people, we're good. Um, but that definitely involves checking in with them and going like, are you, are you seeing this yet? You know. Yeah. So that's been, that's, I guess that's where I fit into it. Did you ever become comfortable doing the show? comfortable not not resigned not you know i don't uh, mean comfortable in a negative no way. no no I, mean, I don't get nervous like yeah. i don't i don't like ner i'm not a, like a nervous like most people are pretty horrified when they see me backstage because i'm pretty calm like, yeah it's like are you ready to do did you need coffee yeah. um but um but uh no no i never got i, ne I never got never got um any anytime you fall asleep like it something would go off the like it was just you had to be on your toes like 24 7 with the show because it was just 
everything could go wrong at any point. So it was definitely kept me on my toes. And also like, there's so many elements that I just didn't have control over the book, the letter, all these things Mm -hmm. are like, I'm like, I don't, there's, there's like an improv show. Like I have no idea where this is going to go. Yeah. Well, it's very clear that, I mean, if you, if you're not present in the show, the show doesn't literally just can't happen. It just can't. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a guy walking around showing you some stuff on the wall. Like, it's (laughs) like, you know, and I I own this and I own that. Yeah. And, uh, and especially me, because I'm not a, like a presentational performer, like I'm not a performative performer. It really is like the days where I was like, whatever, tired, like didn't happen often. There's a couple days where I was just like, in fact, I only remember one day I'm like, I really wish I wasn't here today. Like I just physically am just worn down. And it took like half the show to like, no, you got to come on, man. Like, well, you got to like. That literally this won't work if you yeah. don't if you don't go because like it'll just be confusing it, like it's so it demands so so much of the show was relying on my being present and being intentional and being thoughtful and and um, carrying the work in like a very subtle way that if I wasn't it was probably pretty boring and maybe confusing you know like yeah just the work could not the work was not strong enough on its own yeah. you know. Especially to start off with, because like, Jesus Christ, I mean, the first 20 some minutes of the show, there's one sort of trick in the show, like, yeah. you know, and it's like a, bl- a blip and they're like, did he just do a magic trick? You know, like, did he just, if you didn't know, like someone told me the other night, they're like, I didn't know what I was coming into. I just thought, oh, neat. They taught the actor like a magic trick. It was that subtle and that like the boat and the boat. This is like yeah. such a, like, oh, oh, cute. They taught him like a thing. That's nice. That like if you fell asleep it's just it's gonna every so like i don't get the credit of like of like like they don't have their already like if i was david blaine they'd know what they're seeing you know yeah. they're like yeah, they're yeah. like oh that's what i'm seeing so even then they're just like why did that why did the actor just put the boat in the box like yeah so it could just end up being confusing because then there's a person with a book and i'm talking about my you know dogs and wolves and my mother and what is the fuck is happening yeah so it really demanded that i just be present and, yeah and do it every every day. Yeah. yeah. So. What did you learn from doing the show? Uh, one of the biggest lessons was that there's always more. Like, to, there's always deeper. You can always go deeper. I didn't know how deep. Um, I mean, you were there the last night. You were there as deep as that show could have gone. And and uh, maybe not. And the answer is maybe not. Like, yeah. yeah that, that, and that's, that's, see, I even correct myself right then because that's the lesson is. Yeah. At 200 shows, I'm like, all right. Now I'm starting to figure it out. And then at 300 shows, I'm like, okay, now I got it. And then at 500 shows, I'm like, boy, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything at 400 shows. Yeah. And then I was just like, oh, forget it. You don't know anything. Like, so you just get to a point where you go, I don't know anything. I don't, I know nothing. You know, and it's like, but I'll keep digging because there's just more, more to unearth. And it's not like a, it's not a moments thing. The moments all stayed the same. Yeah. It was an internal depth of understanding of the ideas and the luxury is that I, there were ideas to start with. It wasn't, they're not manufactured. I think that's like part of the thing that I'm, I'm seeing a little bit like in terms of like, if I've seen any like influence at all that it's had on some people, it's their mistaking like depth with like, or, or like an idea with like frosting. It's like that, like none of that was like, per, like decorative. There's, yeah. I'm not talking about these things and doing these actions and, performing these things to be 
decorative, to spice it up, or to be theatrical. It's like they're genuine things that I think matter and want to explore. I've, I'm figuring out how to marry the skill sets that I have and use those skill sets to talk about these things. And if it does, if they don't fit, I don't do it. It's not like it's you know you're not shoehorning an, uh, yeah. an effect into an idea or a right. trick into right. A I'm not yeah. exactly. It's not like I have this. Oh, I have this trick, and you know it'd be a nice presentation. Or I have this presentation, you know it'd be a good trick. With that no, it's a battle of like mer- of like fusing them together yeah. in a way that makes it so that they're just inseparable. How do you? you know? How how would one do that? Um. I don't, I, I, I don't have, there's not a process answer to that. I think it's just like a matter of knowing that that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's knowing that um, the first step is knowing that you, you can't be mistaken for anything else. So in other words, I, I looked at what is wrong with magic shows. Uh, or uh, I looked at what gets in the way of the, what I'm trying to do and say that exists in magic shows, including mm-hmm. my own. Yeah. So I go, okay, if I want to have a real, let's say, let's, let's throw out anything. Let's say global warming environment. I want to, sure. I want to like, I want to do a show that like wakes people the fuck up about global warming because I really care about it. Yeah. It's like, well, the first thing is you got to have something you really care about. What do you actually care about, you know, in this world? Really outside of like, paying bills and stuff like that you know like um so like i found something that i genuinely believed is like a conversation worth having Mm -hmm. in the world not just in the context of a show that i could have outside of the theater yeah that i want to have outside of the theater and that i think matters and like the the way that like people should all have you know health care or people should have rights to you know get love who they want to love like those are things that like i believe matter you know so like, all right, I want to do. I want, I want to like say that. I want to do that. Um, then you go. Well, what would get in the way of the? What would stop? What would prevent someone from hearing that from me? And like the first steps are like, well, if they think I'm just like, it's they think it's just patter. Yeah, that's like the first thing. Is if they think I don't really mean these things. So that becomes the first thing. It's like, well, how do you, how do you, how do you disarm them? How do you, how do you, you know, like no pattern. All right, there can't be any pattern. You know, there can't be any time where you say, um, "Sir, would you please," you know, or uh, any lines that sound like something that is pattern. Yeah, it's just going to hurt the thing that I'm actually trying to to say to them. Mm-hmm. Sorry, or no pattern um, uh, process. Or well, you can't as soon as you start like. You know, here, shuffle these cards, and I want you to do is I want you to think of a number between four. Well, now we're not talking about the thing I came here to talk about. Yeah. We're literally, like, I have here uh, three cups and three balls. All right, you're not talking about environment. You're not talking about global yeah. more. You're not talking about anything that you said you wanted to talk about already. You've already, you know, doesn't mean you can't do whatever you're trying to do. It just means you're already not saying. It's yeah. like, but if you came out and said, like, you know, if, if you held up a ball and said, the earth okay, we're still talking about what we wanted to be talking about. You know, yeah. we still, we're at least, you may veer off in a second, yeah. but the first sentence so far, your first, you know, two words, the earth, and you're showing a ball, you're still in the realm of what you want to be actually talking about. Yeah. What's the next two words? You know, what's the next two words? Yeah. And you build from there. And like, anytime you veer off from the thing that you're like, now nah, we're not, t- we're not having the discussion again, man. We're not talking about, 
What are we talking about now? You know, now we're talking about envelopes. Why are we talking about envelopes? Why is that envelope hanging in the air? What the fuck does that have to do with global warming? You know? Yeah. Um, and so it's the same as any other process, but you decide what you're, what you're, what you're, what you're there to do. And if you're there to do a trick, you're going to end up veering off, you know, into something else. But if you're there to really say something and you focus on saying that with such precision that anytime you say a word that isn't pointing towards the thing you're really trying to say, you're, you know, you know, you're, you're about to miss the mark or you're going to, you know, and it, and you, th- you can't think about it like a, a shock, you know, if you're a sniper at a, at a, um, or shooting range, you can't think about a shot that's 10 feet away. You need to think about, you know, a shot that's, uh, you know, a hundred feet away or a thousand feet away. And you go like any, you know, uh, if you, any slight variation, yeah, a variation right? 10 feet away, the bullet's still going to hit the, it's going to at least hit the board, yeah. you know, but you know, that same, you know, couple, you know, half a millimeter or whatever at a thousand feet away, it's going to miss it by a mile, you yeah. know, like, cause the angle <laughs> so it's so like, you need to think about the long game and the long and like the long shot of like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do a show about, uh, love, you know, uh, first of all, even saying that is like a, a start, like, I want to do a show about X, yeah. anything, pick yeah. anything is a start, like start there, you know, well, start with what you care about and then say you want to do a show about that and, or a trick about that. Even if I, you know, Sebastian Clarig, who's one of my favorite people on the planet, uh, he doesn't have like a full theater show, but the guy has more meaningful effects than anyone like any him in between him and Weber, like, because like, they think about things that they want to like talk about and then they figure out the form and how that's going to develop of like, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, whatever. I really like this idea. I want to talk about that. And then they find the perfect way to like kind of express that in a, in a, um, in a moment of magic. So you can do it with a single effect. Even. I want to do, you know, and, 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 <clears throat> and, you know, so it's, it's just, it's that. It's just staying true to you, figuring out what you want to say, and then being true to, to wanting to say it, and being honest about like, are they really? Is it really? Are they, is that really why we're here? Like, or did you bring us here to like, you know, make a card appear in a lemon or something like that? Yeah. That it, that's fine. I like that. You know, like it doesn't. You don't need to do magic that's about anything, or just be good. You know. Yeah. Be Aussie win. I don't. Know, I'd rather watch Aussie than than like you know someone who does a long ass story about like you know why the daddy didn't love him and then followed by like a self-working card trick like i'll, I'll watch aussie i'll watch matt king or guy or williamson who just wants to destroy your brain so I, I don't want people to think that like things have to be meaningful they just have to be like the intention is clear of like this dude just came to fuck us up like that's this is all he came for you know that's why guys like aussie or danny dirtees and stuff when they go sit down at a convention, it's just like, you're just going to get pummeled. Cause like yeah. these guys are just at the gym training to kick the shit out of you. Anytime they meet you, that's all they think about. It's yeah. like how to beat you when they meet you, you know? And, and that isn't a, a very clear intention. So it's just, what do you want? What's your intention? And then like anything that takes you off that is going to hurt that intention. You know, if, 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 if uh, you know, if someone as good as Aussie started to try to think about, um, I don't. I can't even imagine Aussie because he put like he's thinking of like you know Danny's probably a better example of like you know if Danny started to want to tell like 
if you valued messing you up with a deck of cards and started valuing more like, you know, poetry, mm-hmm. you'd be a little confused. You'd be like, I just thought the guy said he was going to mess me up and like tell me it's my life and then like fool the shit out of me with like yeah. a kicker that I didn't expect. Like, because like the, the, and it would, it would probably be really hard and take a long time for him to, to get back to a place where everyone was like, this is great because yeah. he's just so far from what, what like the relationship that we've built and what I thought I wanted from him. And, mm-hmm. um, and so, so like picking, I don't know, it's not a very good answer to like, how do you do that? But it's, it's the truth. It's just like, um, you know, every word counts, every gesture, moment, movement, action counts, you know? And, and if you've seen the show more than if you saw the last show I did, this one, it's weird to say last show, it just ended, but like in and of itself, every single moment was, well, I thought about it mm-hmm. many, many times, like every single moment of like, wh- what am I signaling to them when I, when I reach for this thing? Not, and forget slides, you know, like, what, what am I saying to them when, when I look at a, at an object, you know, like, am I, am I telling, like, am I starting to like signal to them, you know, something that mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't be signaling? Uh, am I confusing the dialogue I'm trying to have with them? Yeah. Uh, and if the answer is no, fine, do it. But if the answer is yeah, cause then it made me think this thing, or you added that extra word and it, it's like creating a good joke. It's like every word counts. And yeah. it's like, if you add two extra words, the laugh's not as good. And so it's the same thing with magic. Um, uh, and, and trusting that like, if you really do just want to, you know, do great magic and fool people, don't worry about the others. Don't worry about like saying the blame is the evidence of that here. Look, watch. Oh my God. That's the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. Yeah. That's why he won. He, the, his, he was single minded in his like, you know, magic caveman mentality of just like i'm gonna come here i'm gonna show you what magic looks like he didn't he didn't get in the way of the magic he was like here look watch and then people like i've been doing invisible deck for 50 years i've never had that reaction it's like well because you probably say a lot of stupid shit between (laughs) like name a card and here's the card you know don't say all that stuff it's getting in the way of the amazing thing um or if you're speaking improve the silence why are you speaking you know so that's that's it's not it's not so much of a process as like a set of ground rules, I guess, for how to make a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just I guess practicing making things, right? Uh yeah, get good at that. Yeah. And if you're not good at it, find someone who's good at it and, and be you know, have them be around, you know. Yeah. Um and be be around people who challenge you, be around people who, who question you, who or who aren't afraid to tell you what you're doing is um bad or wrong or not quite where it ought to be. To reach your, you know, your artistic potential, maybe. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I debated whether or not I was going to ask you this. Okay. But when I've heard you talk about this, and, and, and as far as people choosing the identity cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I chose my identity card Sunday night yeah. as something I wanted to be seen as. Right. That I, I that that's is even, what I felt was that's even better. That's what I felt was inside of me, and I hadn't accepted it yet. Yeah. And I wanted the person that I look up to to look at me and yeah. see me as that thing. That's great. That's great. I've had people. I've had a couple of instances where people. I think that's great. I think this because I think that's a show about like or that's a that's a that moment is like that is a gesture of like hope and potentiality and like optimism as opposed to like 
you know, some people might choose. No, there's no right or wrong way to choose, and there's no right or wrong way um, to make those types of decisions. Uh, but there are like where those decisions can take you. So if it's like you're either some for some people, they're healing a part of their past. You mm-hmm. know, some people are like, like I don't know why people choose failure and stand. I don't I have no clue. Yeah, but like, there's something therapeutic in in it for them. Or something honest at the very least. And they can't even say therapeutic, but like there's something honest about it. Um, and like there, I had a person who chose professor and wasn't a professor and wrote me after they became a professor, like after their graduation ceremony. And they, they like, you know, they were, they knew they were on that path. Yeah. But like they weren't a professor yet. But yeah. then they became a professor and felt all like felt the need to write me about it because like that optimism is part of what led them there like keep like that that idea of like i'm i'm yeah i'm i'm I'm, like i'm not even professor yet but i am you know like that is well you were able to speak it into the world and the moment that that happened it became something that was tangible and that could be manipulated right and it was something that they could or for myself this is how i look at you know the thing is like now it's out there now it's real now it's real. no taking it back yeah I, i feel the same way i feel like i feel it's like it's a way, you know, burning your ships. You've heard that before. Like, yeah. kind of coming to, you know, you, you burn your ships, so there's no going back. And I, I feel like speaking something that you wish to be out loud is like the first step of like, there's no going back now. People have expectations, including myself. I've said it. Here we go. You know, and so to, to make a proclamation in front of people is a pretty good one. You know, like to like say, like, I feel like I'm this. It's like, well, I better be that. Now I better really be that, even if I just said it a second ago. Yeah, you know, and and uh, so I, I think it's great when people choose with like a, an open heart and opt- optimistic heart of like how they approach it. Um, but that's like a uh, not to point back to earlier, but it's like point back to like where do you leave room for them? You know, yeah, that's a pretty big space. You know, for for them to enter the work, I let people enter the work before I entered it. Like they got there first. You yeah. know they're already started you know and and so that's good that you entered like that yeah. it was incredibly powerful and again thank you for the show not just for myself but also just for magic and for i mean fuck you just god damn it hmm. you broke a thing you broke a thing and you you opened up this space for yeah i, I hope so you know, i hope i hope so i hope that it, i hope that um I did it for myself too, though. Like, make no, like, no. I'm under no illusion that like this is not like a noble act that like I just like, oh, I, I you know, I I want to break magic. No, I, I I was confined by magic. There's no venues for me to perform. There's no people who want to hire a magician like me. There's no one who wants to hear what I'm saying or see what I'm doing. And part of the reason for that is because of the 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 contextual prisons that we're in of yeah. like of like well you know there's just there's no really room for what you do in this world um and part of that begins with well what do you do you know and so i needed to i needed to expand that a little bit i needed to be like all right look i get that there's no place for me or what i do but maybe if we like learn to expand our definitions of what that means then there'll be room for me to exist yeah you know and so that that is a very selfish thing. But the question is, can you be, can you simultaneously be selfish and generous? And, and can, can you, if you can align those two, you can make some great work because you're, it's, you're selfish and you want to be selfish. So you're going to dig into it. But if you can also be generating something that's generous at the same time, 
it's that's amazing. It's also magical because it shouldn't. That's a paradox that shouldn't yeah. exist. How do you create something so selfish that it becomes generous? You know, that's that's perpetual motion machine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's beautiful. Um, and, and so that uh, so yeah, the, you know, I'm I'm. It was a hell of a hell of a ride. Hard hard thing to do, but I'm glad I glad I did it now. You know? And no regrets. No like. Why did it? Why did it stop? You know, like, cause I'm tired and it's good, and and I, and I have to trust that like there's more to come. I have to trust that there's more, there's more, there's more to say, um, which is a little scary. But yeah. but like you know, as Frank would say, you trust the process. You know, the work is the process, and that's you know that's so now it's starting. You know, starting over, like starting with a, starting with a seed in my idea, and then going like, how do I not get in the way of that idea? You know, and just yeah. keep like. How do I show it to people? Well, thanks. Uh, we can sure. wrap up. Yeah, we, okay. Just a few quick sort of lightning round questions. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, and these are, you know, we can have a conversation about it or not, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. fun yeah. stuff. Yeah. Favorite film? Uh, wow. Favorite film. Uh, okay. Favorite film does mean like the one you can watch the most times or is that? You are free to define that. Okay, all right, because like. right, 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 right. <laughs> those aren't necessarily the same thing, you know. Like, I, like no, I totally get it's it. it's tough because it's like there's movies I could watch over and over again, but like I would never say it's my favorite movie. Yeah. Um, maybe the Princess Bride, maybe the Princess Bride. Um, certainly not the most influential in my life, or the most like uh, important or best film, but like just for 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 how it's made me feel and over the years the princess bride was always like there for me as like a good film you know yeah that the that's a safe that's a safe answer <laughs> that's a safe answer you know i just i like directors like i like it's those directors that I like i could just i could go see any of anything they ever do um, favorite director favorite, or favorite top three whatever you want no you favorite want answer, oh, yeah. like no no yeah i mean like favorite directors are are the coen brothers quentin tarantino um favorite writers like you know charlie kaufman probably mm-hmm. just like for MB. But yeah, that's, that's, uh, yeah, I, I like, I just like so much. I don't have like fancy answers. Like I'm not much of like a, I don't like, like I wish I had like a smarter answer, like Jacques Tati or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like I don't, you know, I'm not, yeah. I, I just like, I like fun movies. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. These are not, these yeah, are not yeah, meant yeah, to yeah. be. <laughs> not your yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like, you know, I asked somebody, what's your favorite song? And they're like, whatever Kendrick's putting out. Like, you know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. It's not sure. a big deal. Um, favorite book? Uh, favorite book? Favorite book? I also recognize it's hard because, like, for the last two years, you've been doing a show every day. No, so yeah, like, I haven't really seen much or read yeah. much. It's been a while since I looked at my book collection. Um, the most valuable, I, I won't say my favorite, but I'll say the most valuable book for, like, a performer and perhaps the ones listening to this is like um, born standing up is, is, oh, fuck is me. yeah. So good. Yeah. Cause it just, it's like, you're looking at the life of a career in, you know, 200 some pages and he just goes over so much territory of like what you will experience or encounter that it's like, it's like, it'll save you some time. Yeah. You know, like it, there's some amazing things. Like when he talks about like, performing for 30,000 people and then going back to his hotel room like alone and miserable and like when I read it I was like at the early early stages of my career I'm like oh shit so it never ends like <laughs> yeah. that's like the oh god like and just get to that realization quicker you yeah. know so it's like so what is it about and so there's just a lot of revelations like that and and uh good and bad like he, he it's just it's a it's an it's an enlightening book 
on what it means to be someone who makes things and, and puts them into the world. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good one. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. Um, favorite artist. Me, yeah. Let me say music artist. Music, and music then, artist. Yeah. And then, um, what do you sing in the car when no one else is around? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, Kanye's pretty dope. Kanye's pretty good. Every time I don't want to like him as a person, he puts out something like, ah, he's still got it. Still yeah. really good. <laughs> still really good, that guy. Um, That's an interesting whole other conversation is separating the art from the artist. Yeah, it's tough, but yeah. you have to like, you have to, you have to go like, ah. The hardest one for me recently was Louis C.K., you know? Yeah. Like, good God, I couldn't have, there's no, if you asked me, you know, two years ago, who's the one person you'd want to come see the show when you go to New York, I said, Louis C.K., like, that was it, that was my answer, I'm like, Louis C.K. was the yeah. guy I wanted to see the show, that answer changed, uh, <laughs> but it, it, it and then also, it turned into Kevin Spacey, right? Yeah, yeah, and then, the, <laughs> and then it went to the second place, no, but you're right, like, and it's like, but, but it doesn't change also, because it's like, how do you separate, how do I separate the, the, that amazing work? Yeah from the person and it's tough i mean um like i think i think woody allen's probably a monster yeah but like boy annie hall's a good movie it's really tough i don't think that that means you should let people like i don't think woody allen should be given another job yeah like i don't, I don't think exactly that, yeah that's I, I wouldn't encourage the behavior like yeah. and, and like i wouldn't allow him to be in a position of authority but i'm not gonna look back and go well that movie sucks now i'm like well that movie's fucking amazing yeah but he's monster, yeah. you know. But you know, Floyd May Mayweather's a wife beater, like you know, like. Yeah. But he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. You can't. It's really hard to separate like quality and you know people's humanity because like sometimes it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, uh, why did we start talking about that? I don't know how <laughs> we got on that. Uh, uh, Kanye being a oh, shitty Kanye person. being yeah. a shitty person. Yeah, and he's a complicated person, you know, and he's a. I don't know if he's a genius or not. Like that's what kind of makes him interesting. Is like. He like produces work as a genius and then doesn't then does the opposite of what a genius would do. Yeah. <laughs> which makes it very conflicting. Uh uh and and kinda kind of interesting, you know. Um miraculous. It makes the work more miraculous. Cause like, how the fuck is this guy putting out this stuff? It's, yeah. only, it's it doesn't seem possible. Um, but you realize people are complicated. Yeah. You know? Um so, so yeah, Kanye's good, I like him. Um I just know there's so many better answers out there that like it's just but literally like if I look at my playlist it's 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 mine's like, Elton John that's my answer <laughs> oh Elton John's a good answer um uh I like I like the Black Keys a lot and then I, see yeah it's the problem is I like songs I look at this list it's like it's just songs it's not I don't like I like I don't have anyone whose album I'm like I just put on play and really listen to interesting yeah I really don't have like a a favorite um i'm all over the map i have i have daft punk next to the book of mormon soundtrack which is amazing you know that's like, that's like, <laughs> like, like yeah it's just a really strange you know a uh, ray lamontaine uh which is next to uh eminem which is next to jack white you know so it's just like it's really all over the map it's very eclectic yeah yeah that the amelie soundtrack i mean like it's really a strange so I don't really have like a favorite. I like the Beatles. I know that's probably as cliche as it gets, but they're amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's really all over the place. Favorite fine artist. Favorite fine artist. Uh, that's easier. Uh, Chris Burden, Pierre Huy, uh, 
but Chris Burton is 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 up there. Uh, Francis Elise, I like a lot. I mean, Deschamps was dope. I'm just thinking of people <laughs> who are actually around, you know, yeah. or, or Chris Burton just died, but like people who are still are making, still making, making stuff. Yeah, 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 and still their work still resonating in some way. Um, Tino Segal is a performance artist. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, th- those are easier to answer because they're like that. I can think about like how their work directly impacted me and how like speci- it's so specific that it's and it's not and I don't like that man. I don't. It's not a such a large breadth. Like I had this hard to answer the movie question because it's like ah, I like so many. Yeah. I like across the board, I like boring movies, I like fun movies. Um, you know, I'd put I'd go back to the. I was just thinking Birdman would would be would be like up there with with like. That's a really interesting choice. Yeah, Birdman would be right up there with movies I like. Birdman is a movie I wish I made. Like Birdman is a, Birdman's the greatest magic movie ever made. I feel like. Yeah. Like I feel like if you replaced the character with a magician instead of an actor, it's the it's easily the greatest magic movie of all time. Yeah. Because it's a guy who feels powerless on stage and he's performing and it's not real and backstage he has real powers. You know, and you don't know if it's real or not. Like it's staggering. Um aside from all the acting and the writing and the and the actual cinematography and yeah. stuff. Like just that idea alone was like I saw that I was pissed when I left. Fuck, <laughs> they did it. Like they figured it out. Like they didn't know they were doing it, but they did it. You yeah. Know? So that was that was a good one. But yeah, Fine Artists. Um, yeah, Chris Burton's a good answer. I like Chris Burton. So Chris Burton unlocks himself. No, well, I, my favorite is Glenn Kino. Obviously, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't mean that just in like a he's my brother sort of way. I mean yeah. it because of what his work. Um, I just went to the ones that I I think of their books and and stuff. Um. I visualize my bookshelf when I'm thinking about these things. But if I really repress, the reason Glenn is like genuinely the one I appreciate the work the most is because like, A, I have an inside track, so I really understand the depth of it. But but like, it's not, it's just so, I know it so comes from a genuine place and the work is so, some of the work is just so fucking good. It's because of who he is. And it's like, the, he has a little, a piece with a little origami bird um, that's uh, that's on a it's just like a white wall and on a ledge there's a, a little um, stand that's holding a, a origami paper dove like a paper bird mm-hmm. and uh, you can see the wire coming out from underneath it's like pull it clearly like it's attached to like a wire like this there's something it's and the wire vanishes into the wall and there's a magnifying glass making the bird look even bigger because it's pretty small yeah. And uh, it's just this little bird that's wings are flapping and it's like continuous. It's just almost like a metronome, just like a little bird, origami bird. Then you go around the other side of the wall of the museum and attached to the cable that this thing comes out the other side is a giant waterfall made of teeth and a big pool of water and this like fucking crazy contraption that is like, oh, that's how this that, that all of this energy yeah. is 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 just this little the tiny little little wings flapping flap. little tiny tiny little wings flapping and behind the curtain it's just all of this energy and it's just it's just crazy and then the punchline is oh no you don't understand that's not powering the bird the bird is powering all of that and you go oh shit <laughs> oh, <fuck> me <laughs> and it's like that's Glenn it's like yeah. it's like it's, it's as magical as it gets you're like you know that was already magical, but then to to that line is like, 
oh, of course, that's why I work with him. That's why we're friends is because that level of thinking and optimism and uh, belief is, is, is infectious. You know, it's inspiring. And, yeah. And, and uh, so like that, that, that's why, that's why he's always, always at the top of my list for that. But I have, I, I'm biased, you know. And then the last question is, what was the moment of astonishment that just totally, mm. completely fucked you up harder than anything you've ever experienced? Doesn't uh, have to be a magic trick. I mean, the, uh, that's a good question. Um, I, I had to have been meeting Jason England when I was 12 or 13 because I was like, I was at a really dangerous age and like, or in, and in my career of like knowing just enough. Yep. But like, didn't quite know, didn't know, didn't know enough. So he did, he, I was like this kid who would come into town. I lived 70 miles away. So like every three months I'd get to make it to town. Like the last time I was there, they're like, Hey, the next time you come, give us a heads up. There's a guy in town you should meet. He's like a card guy. And I was like picking up this stuff pretty fast because they just kept selling me magic books. And I come back three months later and I'd do all the stuff out of it. Mike, Mike Pachata, famously, who worked at the shop that I would travel to, motherfucker sold me. I was like, I was like, oh, I like, I like magic books. I like, you know, I like books. And I was like 12. And he's like, is it cool? What do you have? And I'm like, well, I have like, and I had bought like $5 expert at the card table just because it was $5. Yeah. Uh, I had a, now you see, now you see me, now you see, now you see yeah. now you the Bill Tar book. The Bill Tar book. Maybe. Maybe a royal road to card magic, and that was like about it. Mm-hmm. So like I was, I was trying to learn from expert at the card table, but it was way over my head. I was learning enough stuff from now you see, now you don't, like that I could like start to get okay at it, you know. And then like I was, I was, an, I was a newbie, yeah. And Mike's like, cool. Well, we got this. The complete works of Derek Dingle. It's fifty five dollars, and uh, that's and, a that's a good Mike and, impression. And actually. Uh, it's yeah, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, secrets of Brother John Hammond. So, uh, uh, and I'm like, these are good. He's like, yeah, they're great. And he just wanted to sell me the books. He didn't care or like me. He did just he's just like they're fifty five dollar books or whatever. So yeah. like he's gonna make a sale one way or another. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, are these, you know, I wasn't like, are these age and level appropriate, you know? And uh, oh, oh no, worse than that. Uh, uh, Jennings 67. Oh, fuck. He sold me Jennings <laughs> 67. I'd been in Magic like a year and a, a year, maybe. That's a Maybe a year. Like a few months, probably. Like uh, like at that point, seven or eight months, maybe. Jennings 67. Oh, you, oh, you have nice now, you know? You know what you should get? Jennings 67. <laughs> um, I mean, joke's kind of on him now. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but no, but it was like, but like the joke was like, like I came back three months later and I was doing like a lot of the stuff from the book. So yeah. they're like, oh shit, this kid's like, you know, he learned the circle, you know, the circle shift and stuff and like in, you know, real open travelers with like palms and stuff. And I was like doing these things. And so they're like, next time you come, there's this guy you should meet. So I met, so, so I, I met Jason after my mom would drop me off at the shop. I'd stay at the shop all day. And then at the end of the night, after they closed, we'd go to, we went to a pizza, uh, old Chicago pizza. And I met Jason and he, it was I, like, I knew enough now that I was like a little, like a little, not cocky, but like, I'm like, I think I have all the tools I'll ever need. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that son of a bitch did <laughs> like, he rang in 
uh, he did McDonald's Aces with my deck. Oh, fun. <laughs> like, shuffle the cards and I borrow them and go through here, take out some cards. And he did McDonald's Aces. And I just was like, back to one. I guess I don't know. I don't know anything. He was he was big into memorized deck stuff then. So it was like, I had no idea what was happening. I just no clue. And it was the perfect level of like, I thought I knew things. You yeah. Know? So it was again back to the thing of when I like at 200 shows, I thought I knew something. At 300 shows, I thought I knew something. You know, I knew what a pass was. I knew how to, you know, but I, yeah. but like I didn't, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to just know where cards are in the deck, <laughs> you know. Um, and so it was that, that was a real kind of like expansive moment of like, wow. And the other one that stands out was, it was meeting, uh, seeing, Eric Mead make some dice vanish at a bar once after his, did his dice stacking routine. The dice were just gone. And then that was staggering. And then uh, meeting Michael Weber and watching him be Michael Weber was just, it was pummeling. It's just like he did a close up show and it was, I didn't, never heard of him. I mean, that's not his fault. But like, <laughs> that's not his fault. That was my fault. But yeah. like, I didn't know what I was walking into and he didn't, and he just was. It was so. It was the first time I'd seen someone do close-up magic uh, that was not in the vein of like close-up magic. Like it didn't fit the 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 way you know, uh, like the classical style of like Vernon, yeah, or Jennings, or you know, like the stuff that Derek Dingle and Brother John Hammond and like the things that I was like starting to learn. This this didn't fit at all. Like shit was just happening, and and you know, he was making flavors of gum transpose and you know you know linking things and handing them out for examination and uh he did a torn and restored card where a string was tied to the card so that it never left your you like you were holding the string and none of the pieces ever left your sight and it was just it was miraculous it was incredible um so so those are like the kind of like the the types of like memories i have as a kid of just being like wow this is this is this is amazing um and they're also from guys like three things. Those guys, the thing those guys all have in common is they're all like they're not your traditional like cliche magicians. Like you know, you have like the card expert, the you know the the cool guys, you know the cool John Cusack character at a bar, and you got like the you know the the genius from another planet. And like, but none of them were cliched. None of them were made me feel bad about the choices that I was making. Of like, oh, there maybe there's a future in this. There's some decent smart good people yeah. who also do amazing things you don't have to be a weirdo and they're, they're different enough that you saw that there was space for more yeah what there you could be more to. yeah and the other and the, the final one that would fit into that trifecta that was, or the, the fourth was williamson was the was then the performative one of just like the best sleight of hand artist i'd ever seen in my life yeah um and still to this day i think is true uh with the exception of 40 who's not a human like, or he's not a magician but it's just that's a different thing but williamson's yeah. abilities with sleight of hand is just um there's a naturalness that's just i've i've seen people come close i've just never seen i've never seen it with so like i've never seen someone the breadth able, of the breadth of, of everything yeah, yeah yeah it doesn't pick up any objects pick up anything you know literally like practice it a few times and then he does it better than you you're like oh that's that's insane i don't know how you can do that um so yeah like the the the, the i guess my biggest moments of astonishment were were like the people, you know, like meeting people that like blew me away in a way that like, what wasn't just a singular, like, Oh wow, that effect 
that those were fleeting, but like the things that stand out when I go back and I think about these things were the, like the, the astonishing people, you know, like Tommy wonder the, when I was at that first convention that I went to ever where I met like all those guys, really, I'd met Jason before, but it was the first time I met Eric me. First time I met Weber, um, was at this convention in Colorado and Tommy wonder was like the headliner. And he did, uh, first show I saw was the parlor show. And it was like a stand-up show that he did at the convention, like normal ballroom. Yeah. And he did the ring to watch in the wallet. He opened with that. And I was just like, well, that was the best trick I've ever seen. Like, that was the best stand-up yeah. trick I've ever seen. Like, that was, a, who is this guy? He's, where's he from? You know, like, yeah. not knowing who he was. And uh, then and uh, then he did a couple of things. And then the um, the next day he did the, the big city show where they do it for the public for like 2,000 people. And he did a stage. So he did the stage show. And he did the zombie ball, and he did the cups and the balls. Uh, the zombie ball with the bird cage, and it was just like totally different than what I saw the night before. A different character, almost. I was like, that was also the best thing ever. And then the next day, he did the final. He did the close-up show where you like just him. Yeah. And I was I was the kid at the table, and he did the cups and oh, balls. Shit. And like the bag appeared in the fucking cup, and I'm like, it's like none of the things that were like. Things I knew and I didn't know anything, but yeah. like you, you to be to be there and see that, and it was just like that. I didn't know anyone could do three venues, yeah, th- th- better than everyone else. Like yeah. he was the best at all three venues. How's that possible? So like the revelation for me with like someone like Tommy wasn't that like how g- good he was like at a particular thing. It was that like how is it possible that someone could be the best on all three stages? That seems not possible, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, the, when, when I saw Michael Weber do 30 variations of, of fucking crazy cube, you know, just because he could, you know, and <laughs> yeah. like, and like every, every time it was like watching the hooker card rise of crazy cube where every method canceled out the last method yeah. for magicians. It's like, who the hell, why would you, why would anyone do that? And just that someone would do that was inspiring. You yeah. Know? And, uh, or Jason you know, seeing him do the card stuff and then like introducing me to like the, the world of like 40 and, and that, that whole existence. And so, yeah, it's just like I, the, 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 the things I look back on, like are the people who allowed like access to more awe, I guess, more wonder more. And, and it's nice to meet people who don't disappoint you because like some people are who like you read their books and you get this idea in your head and it's just like, yeah, it's just brutal. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I explicitly remember reading Strong Magic and learning everything in every Darwin Ortiz book. Yeah. And then seeing him lecture. And I didn't, I couldn't, it didn't. That guy really, should read Strong Magic. It didn't really make sense to me how that was possible. Yeah. I didn't really understand how he, he could do that, how that could happen um, because the quality of the work within the books was so high. Um and he executed it fine. It just it literally wasn't practicing what was preached in some cases. It was very, very strange. And I'm I'm okay taking that with a grain of salt. Like when I met Barry Richardson and saw him do it, the guy's a professor. Like the guy's a hobby. Like yeah. you come up with that shit on your date, you know, on your on your side side action. Like that's like that's his hobby, man. Yeah. Like he's not his job, you know. Um I don't expect, you know, Steve Freeman to be the best card man in the world. But he might be, and it's not even his job, you yeah, know. Like, yeah. So it's like it's great when when there's hype, and then you meet them, and they, you know, they live up to it. But it's not their thing. But like, if it's their 
sole thing. You, know, you want to meet guys like Williamson and Weber and Steve Forty and, you know, guys who live up to the hype where you just, or Eric, who's like as good as you all. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're that good. They're, yeah. they're that good. And, and you, you, you know how it is. And you've been around them and all these guys and Tamaries and even Dan and Dave, like have that, like, you know, and like those videos came out and stuff. Like I grew up with them. So I like, I got to see it before the world saw it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they're freak shows. And then, but I can imagine like, a lot of people thinking like, oh, well, you can't really like you're in a minute. like you, they got it on tape once, yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, no, they can really like do they that. just do that. They thing. just do that. And now, yeah. like a lot of people like that, but it's really nice that that's why the video stuff that we were talking about earlier. It's like it's just it's so disappointing when it's not real. Yeah, like, you want to think that it's real. You want to be like, God, I hope that's real. I hope that really is the thing. And then you say, oh, it's not real. That's a real shame. Whether it's actual, they just got it on video once or. Like you want to know that there's a guy who can just like throw a basketball behind his back and nail it, and yeah. nail it every time. Yeah, like the Harlem Globetrotters type of thing. Like yeah. you want to know, you don't want to know that they shot it 15, 30, 50 times to nail it once. That's yeah. you know, that's not amazing. So, so yeah. So I, I don't think of the tricks. I think of the people. I guess that's an incredible answer and a very generous one. That's fine. It's, it's, it's the truth. It's all I can think of. I can't, you know, <laughs> can't really think of. You know, hot rod. <laughs> you know, what chick blew my mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks, man. Thank you. I appreciate it Thanks so much. Thanks for being there closing night. Incredible. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, you nailed it. Thanks so much for listening to Magical Thinking. If you enjoyed the show, head over to MagicalThinkingPodcast.com to hear more episodes and discover new ways to support the show. Check out artofmagic.com to learn magic and cardistry, and visit artofplay.com for your playing card, board game, and whimsical interior decorating needs. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can email me directly at me at elliotterrell.com. That's M-E at E-L-L-I-O-T-T-T-E-R-R-A-L.com. And I'll be happy to respond to any questions or comments you may have. Before you forget, head into your podcast app and leave a rating and a review for Magical Thinking. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.